0: Hello, everyone. We're going to win the league. This is You'll Never Talk Alone. I'm your friend, Joseph Craven. That's Alex Lovell. We are here on a Sunday afternoon, a lovely Sunday afternoon. Um, not and I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about the victory over hated rival Manchester United that has put Liverpool 16 points clear with a game in hand and it's such such an exciting time right now that we had to immediately record as soon as the match ended, and give a little reaction recap, um, and uh, and make up for the past week where we missed our recording
1: deadlines. <laughs> Whoops! So
0: Alex, 16 points clear, game in hand. How you feeling?
1: I, it's it's starting to sink in now. Like before, it was uh this is weird we haven't been in a situation like this before ever in my lifetime. So I didn't really know how to, how to process it. And now it's really starting to sink in. Like we've, we've dealt with the bad luck. We've dealt with all the stuff that's gone against us before in previous title challenges. But I, now it's just, we're in such a good place that in addition to everyone else in the stadium believing, like I'm starting Mm -hmm. to believe as well that it, it, no matter what was to happen, we still got this. It's,
0: uh, I mean, you know, we'd kind of joked on a previous episode about how we're just kind of ready to, like, have the end of the season here so we could yeah. really, like, see if it's actually happened. Like, you know, it's kind of we're in the waiting. I think we needed, as fans, um, a big rivalry matchup And honestly, just like a a tough, difficult, like contested match to kind of draw us back in a little bit more Um, because we I I don't know about you. I think I feel like I'd gotten a little bit used to um, coming out and going, okay, we'll probably get like an early goal. Uh, We'll probably wear the opposition down and we'll end up, you know, with like a nice three, four goals scored nice margin of victory like just kind of what we've been doing a lot you know that sort of thing we're gonna look like we're in control the entire time so it was kind of a maybe a bit of a wake-up call in a sense to have the only team that we haven't beaten all season right come in uh honestly throw a lot at us you know especially in that second half um and uh and see our own resilience in the process um and uh, i think that was significant and kind of maybe Pulled me back. Not that I was like checked out, obviously, because mm-hmm. um, you can't check out when you're this excited and you're enjoying the success <laughs> right. so much. But it did feel like it, it drew me back in on that emotional level, that competitive emotion that that kind of draws you in as a fan, um, and it's a different level of connection. And I think I needed that a little bit. I don't know. Maybe that's a ridiculous thing to say.
1: Well, it's kind of like most of our games this year have been like watching a show that you know the ending is coming up or something like that, and you're like, okay, the main character isn't going to die, even though this looks kind of rough. Let's see how they get out, right. let's <laughs> see if they get out. So we most games it's always, okay, let's see how we're going to win this because we know we're going to win this. But yep. in games against United especially, we can dominate them and they can play like garbage and they'll still win or get a yeah. last-ditch goal and tie the we- game.
0: You just never know.
1: Yeah. And so, and this kind of had that feel about it, especially considering we had two goals chalked off. It, it, Liverpool narrative of old dictated that we would have lost by the amount of goals that we got chalked off. Right. So, <laughs> th- this, was, you, you still kind of had that feeling in the back of your mind, but you also knew that we were infinitely better than they were, even if they did have some good spells and put us under pressure a little bit. We still deserve to win and probably should have won by more. Not mm-hmm. not even counting the goals that got taken off because those were both good calls to take those off. Honestly, we just should have finished even more of our chances.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I was gonna I was gonna jump to a different topic first, but since you just mentioned the two goals that were disallowed, um, you do feel like those were both justified. I felt fine with them. Yeah, I mean
1: keepers are always going to get that kind of protection and yeah. that that was and, the thing and they Aurora probably the
0: sh- they Aurora. probably should get that mm-hmm. kind of protection simply because the nature of the position is you fling your body into <laughs> danger significantly more than any other position does, you know. Right. Um so I feel like they probably you know deserve a little bit extra protection. But anyway, sorry to interrupt.
1: Yeah, no, I mean I agree they probably do deserve it and they got it. I mean, it, it. That's. It's not surprising that that came back, considering how it unfolded, because that's always going to get called back. Um, so that it sucked, but you can't really argue with it, I don't think. Um, and the offside goal, Genie was unfortunately a little bit offsides. Um, that was that didn't even need a review. That was the linesman that called it. But yep. I mean, it was just so satisfying to then score the way we did score the second goal because it just felt like such a release of everything. It's like we beat United, the one team we hadn't beaten all season. We beat our rivals and just a general rivalry. We all believe now Mo finally broke his duck against United. It was just so many good things happening all at once. And Allison got an assist. I mean, what more could you want? And then he did the Pepe Reina full field sprint celebration (laughs) (laughs) that had also happened against United. So that was just wonderful.
0: Um, And as a side note, welcome back Pepe Reina.
1: Yeah, welcome back. Great great performance for your initiation to Aston yeah, Villa. Exactly. I hate that it was against Brighton, but whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, I uh, was more talking about his singing.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Yes. That, that's what, <laughs> That's what really matters. Um yeah, it's hard to argue against that and it of course it's it's funny with all the Livar pool yeah. jokes that have been going on. For, all right. <laughs> for us to have a match that if we didn't have V A R, um would at least be uh two goals in the first half. You know, yeah. the offside goal obviously was was disallowed, like you said, regardless of VAR. But you know, the first one was allowed in. And if we didn't have VAR, it would have been it would have been more beneficial to us. So um, but as a whole, I mean, you mentioned the offsides, Genie and Autumn being a little bit off. Maybe the only negative part of his game today genie Winaldum, phenomenal i know you're a, a huge fan of his you, why don't you rave about his performance for a bit
1: it was him and the whole midfield i think uh one of the robbies one of the eight robbies that works for nbc sports right pointed out that most of our games have been either about the front three or the fullbacks but today's game was about the midfield and i completely yeah. agree with that i mean genie Hendo, Ox, when he was on, they all were exceptional. Um, And Jeannie and Hendo just did not get tired. They were everywhere. They were making smart choices, making passes, almost scoring. Henderson hit the post. Genie had that one disallowed. They were just always involved, always making runs. And they they kept us solid. They kept us feeling secure, even when we were up against it a little bit. And they gave us all of those opportunities that we somehow managed to miss. Uh, But they kept putting it on a plate. And we finally got one, although the second one bypassed literally every player on the field except for Muhammad Salah. But th- w- without their performance and without how they got around United surprising us by surprising themselves and how they <laughs> were lining up, like they didn't know what they were doing, so how could we know what they were doing? Right, right. <laughs> um, we wouldn't have won this game. It wouldn't have felt so dominant. We were just completely dominant apart from yeah. the 15 minutes. Um, so... Well played to them. It's about time, in a season like this, uh, not in a negative way. I mean, it's about time they get a game where everyone is fawning over them because they've been they've flown under the radar so much that they needed to shine, and they they're shining bright.
0: Yeah, and it's uh, you know, they needed they needed the recognition because as a whole on the season, if we've ever had anything positive to say about midfield, it's mostly been on a very individualistic. Mm-hmm. standard you know we've said oh man look at the impact the fabinho's had right now oh man look at hindo being in the best form of his life right now um you know or a match like today where it's like oh man genie has just been outstanding today and you know been a major catalyst it, it is refreshing to be able to just say in general the midfield as a whole unit so good because for a while now that's been the biggest area of critique Mm-hmm. You know, we've said, uh, well, the front three. Okay. Perfect. They're, they're set. They're good. We don't ever have to come. We will never complain about them ever. Um, uh, <laughs> they right. can do no wrong. You know, they've reached that status. Um, the, the fullbacks revolutionizing the way that the the positions played in the modern game right now, mm-hmm. you know, that's great. Obviously verge just best in the world. Yeah. All- Allison probably best in the
1: world. Top f- Two or three at the very least, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So Joe Gomez it, coming back into form. Sorry to Yeah. But yeah, he's back. Yeah.
0: Get we need to give him more credit too, you know? Um battling through those injuries, coming back into form. You know, all of that. So it's nice to finally be able to say after the last several years, honestly, just say the midfield as a whole, killing it in this match. Um, and I mean in general, have been doing very, very well this season. So Man, it's difficult to critique just about anything Liverpool's <laughs> done so far.
1: <laughs> I know, yeah, and like as we were saying, that NBC is showing the replay of Allison's full field run, and it is just yeah. delightful. He is just what a man. Just all yeah, all of it is just so good. I mean, the the only thing you can say to critique us uh, is that we didn't score more. Right. And that's that's a, a very top of the table problem to have. Like, oh, it should have been like eight nothing.
0: You're right, right. <laughs> oh, what a what a major first world problem that is. I just love it. I just love it. I love seeing everything that, like, in the past week, you've had. Um, obviously the the story that kind of went viral of Allison and at Firmino's baptism and like the the kinship that they're sharing in that regard. Yeah. To see Allison want to rush up and support Mo, um, and celebrate him in that victory. Um, And also I'm sure just at that point, pure adrenaline (laughs) 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 and he was just losing his mind. But, you know, it's just it's one thing when you have just like a successful team. It's another thing when you see the bonds of that team uh, in general Uh, and you see it from the top down. Jurgen Klopp bringing it down to everyone else as well.
1: Yeah, and that seems to have spread to the fan base as well. I mean, we for the past few years, even we we've noted on here that there was always some sort of argument going on online or amongst the fan base for for Liverpool fans, whether it's like who was better between Salah and Mane, right. is, where should Henderson play, right. where should he play, all that kind of stuff. That's just gone away. Everyone is just enjoying the ride. I'm loving the team and I mean sure results help that but there's such a good atmosphere throughout the club on and off the field that it's it's just unbelievable really
0: yeah I think the only real thing I see on social media right now is that it's very popular for people to claim that they always loved Jordan Henderson and never <laughs> doubted him and right. that in, anyone that doubted him it looks like an idiot now that's the new trend you know that's the new trend so more more power to him I guess People got people on the internet have to be angry about something. That's just that's the rule. We love being outraged. It's fine. It's whatever. We survive. So, um, when you look at the match as a whole, uh, you see that it, I mean, statistically, there's a lot of similarities. Uh, possession stats, very close. Um, actual shots on goal very close even though liverpool had significantly more shots in general um but i mean like fouls and cards well united had three yellow cards so that's that's a lot more fouls are pretty similar um but like three yellow cards to one yellow card for liverpool uh, and uh liverpool had a whole bunch of corner kicks yeah. that's the only outside of that i mean like offsides calls similar saves similar you know like i said shots on goal possession all similar but that being said, the first half was like very clearly one of the, our we're dominating the game, we're just not quite scoring goals or like scoring goals that actually count right. um, type of halves. And it looked like I actually texted the group uh, of of the whole, you know, all of us here, and I was like, Oh, this reminds me of the Leicester match where we just grinded them down until eventually in the second half, we just blew the doors open. And then that wasn't the case. And something to What do you think actually... like It was a tale of two halves for the most part. What do you think really happened in that second half that kind of uh, allowed United to maybe give a bit of a push? And in the process, do you think it's anything significant?
1: Uh, I think part of it is us wearing out somewhat. I mean, we had played at such high intensity throughout the first half and unfortunately had some offs, which uh, mo- most teams seem to be more affected by some of that stuff although we have done pretty well and i think klopp has mentioned it in press conferences and stuff like well if something goes gets called back we just have to deal with it and i think we handle that better than a lot of teams um secondly i think they adjusted they started playing a little smarter in opposition to what we were doing because first half uh, i was talking to a united friend of mine and he he didn't know what formation they were playing. I don't think they knew what formation they were playing. They had like four fullbacks to counter our wingers and all sorts of stuff. But then they kind of finally figured out how to use their the tools at their disposal, however blunt they may be, mm-hmm. uh, to, to try to challenge us. <laughs> uh, and thirdly, the, so Rory Smith pointed out uh, on during the match that Liverpool has, tends to look simultaneously incredibly intense and weirdly slack at times and we did do that we had that again where we were winning everything we were getting like two passes and it would fall flat on the third pass because we would mess up or fail in execution and there was a lot of good work off the ball but bad work on the ball throughout kind of the middle portion of the second half and we we never truly recovered from that after how well things were going at the beginning of the second half. And I think just missing a lot of chances like that kind of gets at you and wears you out. And we didn't have some of the subs we probably would have liked to have made because of injury and just adjustment period. So we we couldn't really change it up too much. (laughs) Unfortunately, that was the other downside is that uh, Adam Lallana came on and did everything wrong. It yeah. seemed like, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so th- that was kind of one, I think those were the reasons why it looked a, a bit different in the second half. But ultimately, we we scored again as we deserved. So it worked out.
0: Yeah, I I hate it.
1: I hate it for him. Yeah, I know. Like, I feel that, bad that I don't necessarily like him, but, but as a player...
0: Yeah, we, we groaned when we saw him subbing in, and we were like, oh, it's happening. And then he came out, and as you pointed out, he just did not, his his arrival kind of threw off the whole rhythm of what we had been doing, and uh, it just, it was a shame. It was a shame, but it's okay. You know, there's been some times in which he's actually come in and and benefited, you know. Like the last um, United game. Right. The last United game, for example, is a prime example of that. Um, it just is kind of a shame that, that he popped in and his performance today was what it was. So, no. oh, well. Uh, so, do you think that this was uh, the, the tale of two halves there was um <laughs> tale of two halves in a sense? Liverpool still the only goal scorers right. Right. <laughs> at the beginning of the game and the very end of the game. <laughs> but, um, but do you think that that is, in a sense, uh, just a byproduct of? Um, the rivalry more than anything else, um, that sort of thing. Or do you think that's something that other teams might look at as a potential weakness
1: in us? I think it definitely played the rivalry definitely played a part. Uh, if there's anything that Solchar loves to do is bring up nostalgia, and he probably brought up images of times uh, that United was better than us, mm-hmm. and tried to make them play like that. And it's also kind of been a thing where the worst team in the league kind of tends to have the upper hand in these matches. It's almost like the egg bowl in Mississippi with Ole Miss <laughs> and Mississippi state where whoever has the worst record ends up winning the game. Usually. Yeah. Uh, Cause it, uh, or whoever's, just, the,
0: whoever's the away team also.
1: Right. And just like they have more reason to get fired up. I think it was their I uh, had the goals stood. Had we been well, further away score wise, they absolutely would not have come back in the second half. I don't think, but they felt like they had enough hope to warrant putting in more effort and going at it a little bit more, and I think that showed in their performance. The uh, how much do you
0: think we benefited from just the the Marcus Rashford injury? Um, because United had been a team that, in recent weeks, having both Rashford and Martial healthy and back, had actually like improved them. Like that, those two players were actually playing to like what was kind of expected out of them It kind of playing to the hype and actual, you know, little bit in the way that Paul Pogba just never has while at United. Um, so how much do you think, uh, finally getting into a rhythm for them and then losing that rhythm with this martial injury, which is what, didn't they say he'll probably be out for like a couple of months,
1: two to three months. Yeah. I think
0: that that's gotta be a blow to him. Um, so how do you think that that affected things? you think that played a, an active hand into why they were just not able to really put up uh,
1: too many significant attacks? Absolutely. It made them change their shape. It took away their best attacking option. Uh, he probably would have made a little more intelligent runs than uh, James when he pinched inside, and Martial, who has that more languid style and you don't really see him hustling and bustling as that type of forward. Whereas you see Rashford kind of making the runs in the channels a little bit more. Uh, it would have probably wouldn't, wouldn't have played Pereira who seemed bound and determined to run into James every time he was dribbling the ball, no matter where James was, he would just go out of his way to avoid the goal and try to smack into him. And they ended up getting the ball to Juan Bisaka a lot in attack. And he's just not that good at that side of the game which is strange because he started off his career as a winger so they were funneling attacks in a certain way that very much required their best attacking player to be there and he wasn't which helped us and made them very strange very strange yeah like, Because they had that – well, Juan Rashford was the one that scored the goal against the saddle of Trafford against the run of play. And they right. had that chance where there was no way that Juan Basaka was onside, but they he squared it across and Pereira missed the ball, which seems to be another theme of our season is teams getting weirdly onside chances, potentially onside <laughs> chances, and sliding finishes at the back post and not connecting with them. <laughs>
0: It really is. I hadn't even uh, thought about that, but that, it really is. And I mean, that was, that was a heart in the throat moment um, when that happened. I mean, it's just amazing that he just put the ball just, I mean, they said on the broadcast, they were like, it's millimeters away. And it really was mm -hmm. It's just, I don't understand how like Herrera did not actually make contact with that. Um, So it goes back to to something I've pointed out a few times on the show this season, that this is a, a year in which we're actually getting some of the lucky breaks that we had not been yep. able to secure in years past. It's like a perfect storm of everything working together all at once, which is uh, wonderful. I mean, it's it's lightning in a bottle.
1: And uh, I'm here for it, man. <laughs> Absolutely. 100% here for it. And it's one of the key reasons why... Because this is what we said last year is that if we can just turn those draws that we had into wins, we're in a good place. And that's why we're turning all the draws we had last season into wins, which is Mm -hmm. why we have the record we have now. Because all those fine margin moments and things that didn't quite go our way have gone our way or have been rectified in one way or another. And now we're getting those breaks and we're getting what we deserve finally. There's no (laughs) more, well, we played really well and then they smashed one in at the last second.
0: Yeah, we played great, and then, like, friggin' Phil Jagielka yeah, yeah, of all yeah. people blasts. I'd still, that's one of those, that's a goal that stands out in my mind as just forever being a, really? <laughs> like, what the, you know, kind of, right kind of moment <laughs> is this? How in the world is that happening? You know, that always stands out. I know it wasn't maybe necessarily the most significant goal in the world, but it was, rivalry nonsense and so it happened Mm, um yeah so i with that with that in mind i mean yeah this is there's a bit of a feeling about this match that it was maybe the last legitimate like challenge to because of the rivalry aspect of it the last legitimate challenge to the at home unbeaten streak um the just in general this league unbeaten streak but also maybe even like the last legitimate challenge to like see if there was a weakness that would prevent the title chase Mm -hmm. um and liverpool weathered the storm so let's look long term a little bit i mean do you think that this has ramifications to it that lead up to a league title. I mean, we we talked about the hope and the excitement a little bit at the beginning of the episode, but let's bring it full circle and say, like, realistically, here was this maybe the last possible roadblock
1: towards that title. Uh, probably, I think mentally more than actually on the church. Sure. Yeah, because it it if no question, no question, had, that's huge. Yeah, I mean, if we had any sort of Monkey on our back this season It was that they were the one team we hadn't beaten And we beat them overall pretty comprehensively And I think uh, After that yeah, I'm sure we already th- felt this way But we should know for certain That no one in this league is Can get a point off of us We can beat anyone, we can win against anyone Not just draw, we can win against anyone So it, it, it's Nice to have that We get that, a weird kind of fixture Pile up coming up but we should be able to have some rest, should be able to start betting in some of the players coming back from injury or new signings uh, to get them back to tip-top shape so where we can go in to the home stretch and hopefully seal this thing by early March or something like that with a full squad of players and be able to rotate and focus on turning – Potential title, a potential invincible season into a potential double because mm-hmm. we still have the Champions League. It would be great to be able to lock this up God, and focus Lord. on the Champions League and be able to get um, a double.
0: <laughs> it's insane to even be considering that. Yeah, it just is. Like we going into this year, we had all the momentum of the Champions League victory, and because of that, we were like, man, this could this could legitimately be it. And now we're sitting here thinking. Oh man, what could we actually accomplish? Like right. all of these ridiculous goals are still possibilities. Like not just breaking the thirty-year drought, and and finally exercising that demon uh, that has you know plagued us for our entire lives, but <laughs> maybe even just kind of go down in history as one of the best teams in the entire history of the sport. Right, you know? which is just insane. But you're right; it's not. We're not just a team that has to outscore opponents now. We're a team that outscores and also completely prevents them from even getting close to scoring, you know? We're a team that just plays so well in, like, every aspect of the game and has done it in a uh, in a piece-by-piece, like, really impressive. I mean, outside of spending the massive amount of money to bring in Van Dyke, like... A lot of these deals have been value purchases. Mm-hmm. A lot of the um, there's still like you know what, what the the net spending crowd still seems pretty pretty happy with everything. <laughs> yeah, um, it just it, and there just is a it's a blend of talent and personalities that work together. So it's more than just trying to go and buy the best players in the world. It's buying exactly what Liverpool needs to be a successful team and it's just crazy to see it all working it's crazy like i'm still kind of in awe of what we're being able to witness this season and there's right. a part of me that still is like this close to impulse purchasing like tickets over to to the uk for like the end of the season to just try to get in on like a victory celebration or, right you know parade or something you know
1: <laughs> right it's yeah because it's just like you can feel it and us talking about this stuff I know we've done it before, but especially after today, it doesn't feel like, well, we can't talk about it. We've been hurt too many times in the past. It's like, no, we're really good. And all that matters is that the team isn't getting swept up in all this. We as fans can get absolutely swept up in all of this. That's our jobs. That's why we're here.
0: (laughs) We're supposed to overreact to everything. That's fandom. Yeah, I think it's great that, I mean, the team repeatedly, you know, has that like mantra basically of yeah it's great to win this one but i mean we're we're looking at the next match already like we're not <laughs> we're, we're not we'll, we'll kind of like we're celebrating right now we're happy but that's not what it's about you know it was klopp not long ago when someone was asking him about it and he's like well you know you guys can can talk about the uh i forget which match it was but like he goes you know you guys can talk about the significance of this but I have to go, okay, well, th- that one's done. Next up is, you know, United. After that is Wolves, and after this is that. And he just listed off, uh, just off the top of his right. head, like the next seven fixtures, you <laughs> know? And it's like, okay, you can tell it's not just a a thing he's saying. It's not just some sort of weird mantra. It really is the way he's going about it is, no, 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 we're not looking at the season. We're looking at each match. Legitimately, right. we're looking at each match for you know, what needs to be done in order to bring success in each one. And it's just, again, it's amazing to watch. Yeah. All right. So let's look ahead a little bit. I mean, you mentioned it's a weird cluster of matches, uh, in the next, you know, week and a half, a Thursday match this week, which is odd, but a lot of, but that's kind of because there's a Sunday FA cup a a week from today. Um, and then a Wednesday, on the 29th, that of course then leads up to another Premier League match that's on February first. So let's let's kind of look at those. Uh, in particular, we need to focus. We need to pull a Jurgen Klopp and focus entirely on Wolves uh, <laughs> <laughs> and not worry about everything. So let's let's look at this this Wolves matchup again right now, um, because they have been, you know, one of the scarier teams in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, a a team that maybe not always incredibly impressive, but you kind of feel like you never know quite what you're going to get with them. Sometimes they pull out just like you know all their their bag of tricks and and you know beat somebody like a uh, uh, who's who's some they like beating City, yeah.
1: You know doing the double uh, over City this season. Yeah,
0: doing the double exactly. Re- like just knowing how to work City, uh, but then also then like uh, drawing with newcastle (laughs) yeah, and you know losing to watford you know it's just like weird team weird team so you never quite know what you're going to get but right now with wolves i mean they're still in that hunt along with uh chelsea and united and sheffield (laughs) and tottenham what in the world they're in that hunt for like a potential very least europa they're hoping maybe can make a push for that fourth uh champions league spot Mm -hmm. position there you know they're they're right there with it so uh what's your take on how they are right now uh they recently i guess it was yesterday pulled off a comeback win at southampton to get uh the full three points out of that and stay on the hunt but uh wolves right now uh a lot of draws but not very many losses what type of opponent are we looking at on thursday
1: They're going to be tough. They're going to be organized. They're going to be kind of the exact same team that we've played every time we've played them. They they know exactly what they want to do, and maybe they mix up some of the players and some of the lineup, uh, but very rarely do they do that. They're a strong team at home. This will not be easy. This was uh, a test last year, for sure. This was a test last time we played them. We got very lucky to beat them, um, and we didn't really play that well. This should be a slightly different fixture now that everyone has some rest and it's not at the end of a span of four games in 10 minutes kind of thing. So it might unfold a little differently with full rest in a lot of the legs of our first string players, uh, but they have the same benefit and they are riding high off a big comeback. So I, it's going to be tough. This is it's probably going to be a lot tougher than the United game we just played because yeah. they... And they just have better players and they're more organized. So I, it, it's kind of making me nervous. But at the same time, it's like what we talked about at the beginning of the episode is that we're just so confident as fans and as a team that we're just going to win this game that yeah. despite anyone being potentially good against us and who knows, no one knows if anybody below like us is any good just based on the results. So I don't yeah. know if they're good. They've got some good players. I don't know if they're any good. They've got like fourteen draws or something like that. So who knows? But <laughs> it'll be tough. But I'm confident in our ability to beat them.
0: Yeah, I mean, at this point, it'd be it'd be dumb to not be confident yeah, in our ability right. to beat anybody. Um, which is just crazy. But that's where we are right now. It's it's really exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, they're. What do you say? I mean, we last time we faced them, one nil victory, right? Like, uh
1: VAR what, taking what that? the yeah. limelight in that one.
0: That's right. That was that was the VAR, the big time VAR match. But I mean, <clears throat> what do you say other than we've got the tools to beat whoever we come across?
1: You, you don't know? play anything related.
0: <laughs> <laughs> There's, yeah, you can't. You really can't say it. So it's almost like it doesn't seem scary to go up against anyone even if they're doing pretty well and at the same time it doesn't seem uh man I don't even know it just doesn't seem like even if we didn't play our best that it would make a huge amount of a difference at this yeah. point with being 16 points clear towards the end of January and it's just bizarre that to be in this situation I don't I'm not used to this no
1: it's like it's still taking some adjustment, even if it is starting to sink in a little more, it's still very strange to say something like, "We're 16 points clear with a game in hand." Yeah. That's something you would see in like Spain or France or something like right. that at the, the in the last decade when those teams were more dominant. Um, and it was like, "Oh well, these leagues suck," and so of course they're going to win the Champions League or something like that. Like these, there, those teams look so good because they don't have to play every week because all the teams in that league suck. That's basically yeah. where we're at now, is that, well, of course, we're going to do well in Europe because everyone in our league kind of sucks.
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is true. Um, it's It's not the most banner year in the the, the Premiership right now, um, top to bottom, but it is, without a doubt, a banner year for Liverpool.
1: So, yeah. you
0: feel like this is going to be another victory?
1: I think so. I'm feeling a confident 2-0 victory.
0: I like it. I see no reason to expect a uh a goal allowed right now with the way this defense is playing. So yeah, I would say clean sheet as well. Um yeah, honestly, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say 2-0 as well. Uh I don't necessarily see this being a team that we slot multiple goals against just because of like how the last match against them went. Mm-hmm. But who knows? I say that now and we're going to come out and you know five nil victory yeah. you know it's just like that's that's how these things go so um so real quick let's look at the let's talk a bit about <laughs> I feel self-conscious now before we got to the segment you mentioned how apparently nobody seems to agree on how Shrewsbury towns pronounced Shrewsbury Shrewsbury whatever so I don't know how to say it now so thank God no.
1: Town FC. Well, let's just let's just skip the the trouble <laughs> word. Let's just go straight to the back end of it.
0: Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. But we do have that um that FA Cup match coming up. Um and it will be, you know, a chance at a potential as you pointed out trouble because the the kids are still active in that. Um, a chance to see some of the reserves and bench players um play their parts, a chance to see a player like your boy Minamino um really like get more and more acclimated with the way the league is with like how English football is played and his role on the team, all that sort of stuff. But perhaps most importantly of all, it gives you and I an opportunity to pull our own version of the double. Yeah. <laughs> with a crest exam and for kits and giggles with all burry town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh yeah you want to start with the with the crest
1: yeah i will uh i'll start i think it is a best crest i love it it's mm-hmm. weird it's got three vomiting lions. you usually see <laughs> kind of like the side the, like the profile of the lions <laughs> but, but here you see them just blowing chunks out the front of the crest they've got uh, i think because they use hashtag salop. I, I believe that's how it's said. And I had to look it up. It's what they would use to abbreviate Shropshire on telegrams. So okay. I like that, that that's on the crest. And that is what they use for social media. Um, it, it's just, I, it's weird. They have a, a debate about their town's pronunciation. Right. It's just, it's got a lot of things going for it. Uh, externally and internally within the confines of the round crest, so I'm giving it a best crest.
0: Um, the uh, the joy of so many of these smaller teams is the fact that they tend to have the awesome, super traditionally very English um, crests that mm-hmm. have that like are like largely unchanged over like the past 150 years or something, you know, yeah. like it's that sort of thing. And I love it. I love it. So I'm looking at like the history of their crest and basically um, it's, it's basically based on the, the town's coat of arms, which has uh three like vomiting leopards. <laughs> All right. So called the loggerheads leopards are referred to as loggerheads and there's three puking loggerheads on the town crest <laughs> so in the according to history here in 1907 they put that crest um, on their their kits and was like all right cool um and uh they used they say intermittently on shirts until 1960. To 1970, so for a while it was these loggerheads. Mm-hmm. Um, then it comes in that they put a generic football logo, and then in 1970 they're like, ah, you know what? No, let's put the loggerheads back in there. <laughs> um, and then about, uh, it wasn't until like more recent, like the 80s and into the 90s, that they kind of started to do um, the their their attempt to like bring in lions instead. Mm-hmm. Um, of of the loggerheads themselves, and uh, I mean the three puking lions were introduced <laughs> in the early '90s, and the really what it what it comes down to is that there was a brief span of time in 07 to 2015 that they got away from the the what was inspired by the loggerheads to what looks like a one singular lion, almost kind of profile who just looks like he's crying. Yeah, it's a it's a bad look.
1: It was like the sad MGM logo. Yeah. It was, what it was
0: It was the Wizard of Oz Cowardly Lion <laughs> is what that was. They wanted to make him their their logo for some reason. Um, and then they're like, oh, you know what? It's bad. So that one's a crap crest. Outside of that, everything else they've ever done is incredible best crest. I, I can't say a single bad thing about it. I love the loggerheads. I love the weird weeping lions they have right now. You know, I just I love it. I love it.
1: Just get them some pepto or something, because they're clearly not feeling well.
0: No, they're they're not doing well. That's like I they they caught the weird twelve hour stomach bug that I caught earlier <laughs> in the week. That's what they got going on. Um, so I'm all about it. But let's talk about these kits though. Mm-hmm. Because this is where things I think go downhill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um First of all, I can't find a single positive thing to say about the away (laughs) kit, okay? The away (laughs) kit is is needlessly purple. Yeah. (laughs) All right? You've got a nice, like, Leicester City-looking, bright blue, old gold color scheme going on, and then your away kit is purple. Yeah. (laughs) With kind of this, like, faded... I don't know, faded purple, not really like a tie-dye look, but of some sort of weird faded purple look that, I don't know, kind of looks a little 90s in the wrong way. I'm not feeling it.
1: Yeah, there's like two patterns going on with it, and that's too too many.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, because then the sleeves are just like, no, we're solid.
1: Yeah, and then Gosh, there's God. pinstripes, and then there's like thicker stripes within just, the pinstripes.
0: It doesn't make much sense. doesn't make much sense. Now, the home kit, I'm kind of digging. I'll be honest with you. Uh, It's got like a a big, thick stripe in the middle, and then a couple, two little stripes kind of on the outside. And Oh, and the middle stripe, middle gold stripe, also goes into a a gold collar, which I think is a nice touch. I like the stripe that goes into a a different color change collar as well. And it goes all the way up. And it does go all the way up, which (laughs) is important. So... If you were to combine the two, it'd be right in the middle for me. But if you split them apart, Home Kit, I wasn't sure at first, but now that I look at it more, I love it. I think it's a lit kit.
1: I I agree. I mean, first of all, they're sponsored by Admiral, which is a brand that I don't think we even have here anymore. I know when I played Club, we had Admiral kits for a while. Right. Um, but I have not seen them in a long time. So kudos to them for. Keeping it old school with that brand. Um, plus, this is just kind of a a colored scheme and layout yeah. that you just don't see in the upper divisions. Like I think you can only have this type of pattern, League One and below, which is a shame because this it doesn't look like every other kit that's out there. It doesn't look like a copy paste no. of some of the bigger brands. So, yeah, I like the stripes because sometimes you get in some of the lower divisions with the the, the soccer kits that look like rugby kits almost. And I think this has a bit of that about it, but I do like it a lot. And I like the blue and the golden yellow. I think it's a good color combination. So, yeah, home kit, absolutely lit. Uh, Away kit, not so much.
0: And I think that what was uh, making me a little nervous um, about the home kit at first is because like one of the first Google searches showed me an older home kit, mm-hmm. which was just all equally laid out stripes. Um, kind of kind of like a, a Brighton, you know type of thing, like solid sleeves, but then the stripes were there. And the color scheme, I didn't feel like looked great. In that layout,
1: yeah, but I agree. I,
0: I like the predominantly blue with the gold, like in the middle and on the collar. I like that a lot. It's it's a good design. It's yeah, good design.
1: I also like Tuffin's Supermarket as yeah. a sponsor. <laughs> that sounds like a delightful place that I would love to shop. Yeah, I'm all about it. Uh, now, now I'm looking at some of their older kits, and their home kit was. Like a like the thicker stripes, I think it was five stripes total with the two colors. And then their away kits were just a Huddersfield kit. <laughs> <laughs> that they got a Sharpie on. Yeah. Cross out. <laughs> the scratched husband. it out, added tongues, vomiting out of the, right, the mouth yeah. of the dog that, that Huddersfield has. But yeah. I'm looking forward to it. This kit clash.
0: Yeah, it'll be a good kit clash. So I don't even know anything about them to be able to predict whether our kids will win. We just really wanted to talk about the crest and the kits. Um, They might be, what division are they in?
1: I think they're league one now, but let me double check.
0: All right, you double check that. Whatever division they're in, I think they're going to be, they're now my favorite in that division.
1: They are 16th in league one currently.
0: 16th in league one, but still in the FA Cup. They got their priorities right. They know what matters. Exactly. Um, I'm all about it. I'm gonna wrap up this episode and jump on FIFA and start a uh, Shrewsbury <laughs> Town manager mode right now.
1: Up until the point where you meet Liverpool in the FA Cup.
0: Yeah, and then I'm gonna <laughs> lose interest and play something else. Yeah, that's just that's how that's how my attention span goes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I do think we will wrap things up now on this episode. Uh, thanks for joining us here on uh, the the Sunday afternoon edition of You'll Never Talk Alone. Um, really, really thrilled with the result. Thrilled with what, just how things are going. This is just, it's fun. It's just it's great, fun, Alex. It's just great. So, uh, Alex, thank you. Any closing remarks you want to share?
1: Um, let us know, tweet at us your pronunciation of <laughs> town and let us know. You can even record audio file of you saying it and tweet it at us because we like that.
0: All right. Thank you again for joining us on You'll Never Talk Alone. Stay tuned. We'll have more content coming out in the next week or so. Um, and, uh, we will do our best of course, to jump back in with some more match recaps, uh, After Wolves before West Ham comes up. Thank you all. I'm your friend, Joseph Craven. And we'll, as always, turn it over to Andrew to sign us out. Andrew, take it away. Thank you, Andrew. See everyone next time.